0: Thanks for checking out the YVF podcast today. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you in whatever season of life you are in. Now, here's Pastor Kent. Good morning, Yarrington Vineyard. Family, dear brothers and sisters in the Lord, this is Pastor Kevin, and I'm coming to you from Mermansk, Russia this morning. Uh, I'm recording this uh, message that the Lord's put on my heart for 2023 that I really look forward to sharing with you this morning. Uh, And I'm recording it today on December the 12th uh, from Mermansk, Russia where we are up above the Arctic Circle in the middle of the polar night where the sun hasn't come up one single time since we've been here over the last week and a half. And uh, believe you me, that's not really easy to get used to. Uh, coming from sunny Yerington, 11 hours difference all the way here, but I think our bodies are finally starting to adjust. And the Lord has been blessing us on this trip so far, and hopefully we'll share more with you about the trip later. But this morning, I want to share this message that the Lord's put on my heart to give to you uh, for this new year, 2023. Uh, Before I do, though, I want to go back about a year uh, when I shared a message that the Lord had given me for 2022. And then I want to go back three years when I shared a message with you that the Lord had given, with, given to me for 2020 and uh, the message that the Lord spoke to me for 2020 is still in force in my heart and in my mind. Uh, it sounded kind of corny back when I said it, but uh, it became quite obvious in that year with all the COVID things that were going on and all the stuff that we went through then and the things we're going through now, that the Lord very clearly spoke to me that we need to have 2020 vision in 2020, and we still need to have that vision. We need to have the vision that God has. We need to see what God sees and not what this world is telling us to see. And you know that we are surrounded day in and day out with voices telling us, uh, spinning uh, the truth, and uh, in, in other words, just lying to us and trying to deceive us trying to divide us away from each other as brothers and sisters in Christ Satan doesn't have any new tricks uh, he's been a liar from the beginning and he's is a father of all lies Jesus said and um, So we need to hear what God is speaking. We need to hear his voice to us. Well a year ago a year ago Uh, I believe it was uh, December the 21st, and you can go back through uh, video files that we have on YouTube for the church live stream, and uh, it was back when we were uh, going through the book of Acts, and it's lesson 11, I believe, and the second part of lesson 11 in the book of Acts when we were looking at uh, the part of the book of Acts concerning Stephen, the first Christian martyr. And the Lord put a word on my heart that I shared with you then, and it uh, came from Acts 7.55, where it says, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And we talked about how Stephen had a vision to see what nobody else around was seeing. And that vision changed the world because it changed the life of Saul, who became the apostle Paul. And that vision was one of Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Even though everywhere else it says in the New Testament that he is seated at the right hand of God, uh, Stephen uh, saw him standing at the right hand of God. And there in that chapter, Stephen quotes from Amos, and I won't repeat all of that. You can go back and, and listen to it again. In fact, I would encourage you go back and listen to that again, find that again, and just see how much of that has, has truly come to pass over the last year. And, and I don't say that to try to confirm that I'm some kind of prophet because I'm not. And uh, I'm no different from Amos in the book of Amos who said, I'm not a prophet and I'm not the son of a prophet. I'm just a shepherd. But if the Lord is speaking, if the lion is roaring, then somebody's got to speak what he is speaking. So um, with the Lord's help, I can share with you what the Lord's been speaking to me for this year also. And if we go back to the book of Amos, uh, still just reviewing uh, what the Lord put on my heart for 2022, we read in Amos chapter 9, verse 1, that it says the same thing. That Amos says, I saw the Lord standing beside the altar. And I want to ask you this question that I asked you a year ago Do we see the Lord standing today? Do we see that the Lord is on the move today? That the Lord Jesus is coming back? You know, we're not going to find this kind of information on Facebook for the most part. We're not going to find it in YouTube. You're not going to find it on Instagram. I mean, you're going to find a few places where people are saying the right things. And hopefully there's enough of those that you can pick up on some things. But we really are only going to find this information not on Fox News, not on CNN, definitely not on MSNBC or any of these other places not in telegram uh we're going to find the information of what the lord's doing in the word of god in the bible and uh god is on the move today and we need to see what he is seeing we need to have his 2020 vision so standing means that he's on the move that he's preparing that he's working that he's doing and in amos 9 1 the prophet Amos, who says he's not a prophet, said that I saw the Lord standing beside the altar, and then it says that the Lord said, "Smite the capitals." I don't know if you remember that, but that was the word that the Lord put on my heart for 2022. Smite the capitals so that the thresholds will shake. And we talked about how the capitals are that upper part of a of a um, uh, of a pillar that connects the pillar to the ceiling, that holds up the roof over the entire house. And the Lord says, smite the capitals. And we talked a lot about that. You can listen to those videos, but we talked about how the capitals uh, uh, symbolize uh, what we still to this day call capitals. Uh, Washington, DC, Moscow, Russia, uh, Kiev, Ukraine, uh, go on through the list, Uh, London, England, the capitals and how the capitals also signify what we still to this day call capital the financial system the economical system of the world and how in 2022 there would be a smiting of the capitals and uh, you know that has definitely occurred and it says smite the capitals so that the thresholds will shake and they are shaking today and break them on the heads of them all then I will slay the rest of them with the sword. They will not have a fugitive who will flee or a refugee who will escape. Though they dig into Sheol or into hell, from there shall my hand take them. And though they ascend to heaven, from there, well, I bring them down, and it goes on in chapter 9, and then the end of chapter 9 ends with the words that are in the book of Acts that talks about raising up the fallen tabernacle of David, uh, walling up its breaches, rebuilding its ruins. It ends with a message of hope, with a message of redemption, but a message of redemption for the remnant. And I want you to know that there is still a remnant of God's people in Yarrington, Nevada. There is still a remnant of God's people in Murmansk, Russia. There is a remnant of God's people throughout the world in every nation of the world. And I believe in every city of this world. And God is calling out that remnant and continue to calling out that remnant. So first thing I want to say to you is that the word that the Lord put on my heart for 2022, Which to me is very apparent that it was a right word, that it was a true word, that it has definitely come to pass, uh, that it is continuing to come to pass. And we continue to move from crisis to crisis. As I've said many times on the the front of the world, uh, I would say that things are not going to get better until they get worse and they will keep getting worse until they get better. And they will get better when Jesus comes back and he is coming soon. So talking about the Lord standing, let me move on from there. This is really important to understand the word for 2023. So I just want to review this. If you go to Amos chapter three, all oh, this is review, but it's a year ago review. So I know how it goes. We forget these things, uh, but Amos chapter three. And again, I encourage you find those videos, watch those again um uh they they're there uh in in on on YouTube on the YouTube channel uh for, for sure they are there and I believe in the podcast also uh, Amos chapter 3 if we go to Amos chapter 3 and verse 3 uh there's a series of questions we went over all this in those messages but there's a series of questions that the Lord gives to Amos Amos chapter 3 verse 3 It says, do two men walk together unless they have made an appointment? And the answer to that is no. Unless you make an appointment, you're not going to walk together. Uh, Does a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? No, a lion does not roar in the forest when he has no prey. And it goes on, question after question, and the answer to each one of them is this very obvious no. Does a young lion growl from his den unless he has captured something? Does a bird fall into a trap on the ground when there is no bait in it or nothing to spring the trap? Does a trap spring up from the earth when it captures nothing at all? Uh, And then it says in verse 6, a a question that's become very... uh, uh, Trying to think of the English word, but very apropos for uh, the the world that we live in today. In the end of 2022, if a trumpet uh, today that would be a siren is blown in a city, will not the people tremble? If a calamity, it says at the end of verse six, occurs in a city, has not the Lord done it? S- stop. <laughs> That's the one that we have a problem with every single question that the Lord asks leading up to verse 6, part B, the obvious answer to it is no, no, no. And so this is a rhetorical device that the Lord employs prophetically to cause us to see that the answer to 6B is also no. We read that unless, uh, I'm sorry, if a calamity occurs in a city, has not the Lord done it? Now, our standard modern Uh, evangelical, charismatic uh, answer to that is going to be, no, if there's a calamity in the city, then the devil's done it. Uh, Our standard, modern, uh, uh, atheistic answer to that is going to be, if there's a calamity in the city, then it's just uh, happenstance. It's just circumstance. Uh, It's some politician's fault. It's the conservative's fault. It's the liberal's fault. It's somebody else's fault. It's always somebody's fault if there's a calamity in the city. But the Lord asked this question, a very important question. Is he not still standing? Is he not still in charge? Is he not on the move? And what do we today as his children, as Christians, see? Do we see politicians on the move? Do we see armies on the move? Or do we see God on the move? I saw the Lord standing. So the answer to the question has to be no if a calamity occurs in a city has not the lord done it and if you understand the double negative here it means yes the lord has done it yes the lord is still in charge can we not see that the calamity happening in our cities today is the work of the lord okay this is a big challenge for us but it's an important ch- it was a, it was a challenge for abraham in ancient times and we're going to look at that uh today going back to the book of genesis so one of the things that the lord put on my heart to say uh, in those messages uh at the end of last year was that everything that is news to us today and i want you to think back about all the things that were news to us uh at the end of last year it's almost it's almost hard to remember you know everyone everyone's talking about russian troops being uh amassed on the border of ukraine but not in ukraine nobody really thought that uh, things would go to the point that they've gone to did they uh you know uh, everybody was talking about january 6 and all all kinds of things and all that stuff still kind of in the news cycle you know everybody was talking about covid where's it still everybody's still talking about putting masks on you know all that stuff, and I know that's kind of coming back up in the cycle again right now. You know, but but they're always rehashing the old stuff. But one of the things that the Lord spoke to me about then, and I know I know that this is true, that this has come to pass, that everything that seems like it's big news today is not going to be big news at the end of the year, because here at the end of the year, what we're honestly looking at, and and I understand that most of you probably do not spend the amount of time uh listening to um how should i put this but uh uh uh, uh picking uh, uh uh being being very uh, picky about the things you listen to and listening to the right things to understand exactly what is going on And really listening to what what the Lord is is saying today. But the things that are really happening today is we are on the verge of the complete collapse of Sodom and Gomorrah. (laughs) We're on the verge of the complete collapse of the cities that we live in and of the city-state that we have built. And we see this. I, 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 in the word that that uh uh I, I mean people talk about nuclear all-out nuclear war today something that hasn't seriously been talked about my entire life I And mean, it is actually possible it's actually possible and we've come up to the border of it several times most recently last week when uh there was a ukrainian drone or something attack that was on a uh, um, uh, a military base inside of Russia, pretty pretty far inside Russia, actually close to Moscow. And it wasn't just that there there was a drone attack on that base, but that on that base is a part of the Russian nuclear deterrent is based there, and uh, and Russia really did not uh, react to that because the honest truth is both Russia. Uh, both Moscow and Washington uh, and the truth is that so far both of them are trying to exercise some sort of, uh, 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 of uh, uh, control and uh not respond to certain things that could be responded to you remember there was a, a missile this was like a month ago uh that fell on the territory of Poland which is NATO right and uh, everybody was saying that it was a russian missile and russia attacked nato it turned out it wasn't it turned out it was actually a ukrainian missile that went awry and landed on the territory of of uh Poland and killed two farmers and uh, blew up a tractor or something and uh but but still if the rhetoric gets high enough both of these instances uh, are very close to unleashing a nuclear response and one nuclear response is a chain reaction that unleashes hell on earth that's just the world that we live in right now but i'm going to tell you prophetically i'm going to tell you from the lord uh I, i'm not I, maybe i shouldn't say prophetically because I, I, again i don't know But I know what I feel in my heart, and so I'm going to share that with you. And what I feel in my heart is based on what the Word of God says. I don't believe that God's going to share that glory with another. You know, Sodom could have been utterly destroyed in chapter 14 of Genesis in the war that was happening. Go back and read it, chapter 14 of Genesis. But it doesn't happen, okay? Because God didn't allow Sodom to be destroyed by some earthly war. And I really don't think we're going to cross the line of nuclear uh, destruction. Uh, there may be uh, nuclear uh, attacks somewhere on a limited basis. I, I have no idea. There, there have been in World War II. Um, but I don't believe that uh, God is going to allow us to destroy ourselves. Uh, that would just be way too easy in my mind. And when I read in the book of Revelation and I read in the scripture, I see that God retains that glory to himself. And uh, he knows how to do what he needs to do to save the remnant, to protect his people, to protect those who have the seal of God in their forehead. Read the book of Revelation. And yet at the same time to bring down Babylon, to destroy Sodom, and to open the door to make the way for the coming of the Lord and the coming of the kingdom of God. So that's enough said about that. Uh, I don't feel any reason that we need to be afraid, is what I'm saying, other than to fear God. Jesus said clearly, why should you be afraid of the one who can destroy your body? The only one you should be afraid of, the one who can destroy your body and destroy your soul in hell forever. There's no reason to fear anyone or anything on this earth other than to fear God. And if we fear God, we're going to obey God. We're going to follow God. And so God, we need to see that he is standing today, that he is operating today. Um, So the things that used to be news, they're not news anymore. There are new things that are happening. Uh, In Amos chapter 6, verse 3, again, this is just reviewing from then, but this is important to understand what the Lord's saying for this year. In Amos chapter 6, verse 3, the Lord says, Do you put off the day of calamity, and would you bring near the seed of violence? We talked about this a year ago, but we have seen this happen this year. It's going on right now. That there, There truly is... I'm here in Russia, so I'll quote President Putin, (laughs) but there truly is an empire of lies today that we live under, and the empire of lies is trying to put off the day of calamity by bringing near the day of war, the day of destruction. This is something that throughout history empires have sought to do when they understand that things are falling apart uh things are quote going to hell in a handbasket. the best thing you can do is have a big war right and so you bring this from the most ancient of times to bring near the seat or bring near the reign of violence in order to put off the day of calamity and yet that day of calamity will not be put off the empire of lies It says here in Amos chapter 6, it says here in the book of Amos, thinks it can dwell at ease in an arrogance. But the Lord swears that he hates that arrogance. It thinks that it can sprawl out on its couches, Amos says, and eat the choicest lambs from God's flocks. But the Lord says he hates that. It thinks it can turn justice into poison and turn the fruit of righteousness into into bitter wormwood there is a fruit of righteousness there is a justice that was sown and a fruit of righteousness that has grown in our cities and in our nation but today that fruit that was sown in tears and reaped with joy today it is being turned into bitter wormwood and into poison and God says that he hates this In Amos chapter seven, it talks about a plumb line. We talked about this then also. And how God has a plumb line that is plumb with the city of God. And God chooses to bring judgment against Israel and Amos is able to avert that judgment by his intercession and by his prayer twice. We've gone through cycles of judgment in the United States. We've gone through cycles of judgment in Europe and in this world that we live in today. And these things have been averted by the prayers of God's people. Sometimes we don't understand how powerful our intercession has been. But ultimately, if the walls are out of plumb with God's wall, with God's plan, when the capitals are smitten, when the capitals are struck and the thresholds are shaking, the wall is going to come down because there's no way to build any further upon something that's standing on the sand when the storms come those who have heard the word of god heard the word of god this is the parable of jesus heard the word of god but they refuse to listen to that word and obey that word ultimately the rains and the storms come and wash away the sand that that house is built on and it crumbles and no one the book of Amos tells us, will escape. And Stephen's preaching that right there at the beginning of the Christian church in the first century. And that's what truly happened in the first centuries. The entire Roman Empire was shaken and broken to pieces. And now we live in the rubble of the resurrected Roman Empire and we come to the second coming of Jesus. We did not choose this day that we live in, but God chose this day for us. And so God believes that we are worthy and that we are ready as believers to stand in this day and to be obedient to his word and to build our house upon the rock of his word. There is a remnant, and the Bible promises over and over again in the book of Amos that that remnant shall be saved. No one except the remnant will escape. So it's important for us to listen to these words, come out of Babylon and all these things that we've talked about a lot, a lot, a lot. Okay, so I want to give you a word for 2023. All right, but I had to say all that this first 25 minutes of the message I was hoping I'd go through faster, but I had to say all that to get you ready to hear this. Okay, 2023, if 2022, was and in my heart and mind uh it has truly proven out to be that that everything we were talking about at the beginning of the year is no longer our focus at the end of the year then 2023 2023 and this is the the word of the lord speaking to me personally and for my family and so embrace it for you embrace it for our church Whoever's listening to this, anywhere you're listening to this, embrace this and receive this from the Lord. Because I really believe that this is right for us. Listen to this. What seems unbelievable at the beginning of this year will be incontrovertible at the end of this year. What seems unbelievable today, a year from now, will be incontrovertible. And this is concerning the blessing that God wants to pour out on your life. Yes, there is a blessing that seems unbelievable. A blessing that comes to the remnant, to the people of God sealed in their forehead by the Spirit of the living God, even while Sodom and Gomorrah are being destroyed. What seems unbelievable What seems absolutely impossible at the beginning of this year, that a year from now, it will be incontrovertible. You will not be able to deny it. It will be so obvious. And the only faith you need is faith enough just to say, okay, God, if you want to do it, then do it. But I don't see how that's even possible. Let me share with you from the word of God. Go with me over to Genesis Uh, Chapter 17, Genesis chapter 17. One of the reasons that we, um, uh, one of the things that we were asking God for on this trip um, has already begun to happen. And uh, whenever we have an opportunity to go on a trip like this, I'm always asking God for this, but there's just something special this year. You know, supposed to be having a little sabbatical here and everything. To me, sabbatical means to really hear from God and just to really uh, have a, a revelation from the Lord and... Uh, I was just believing God that uh, arriving here in Murmansk that I just begin to hear some special things from the Lord. And uh, as soon as we got here, I was so tired I could hardly wake up. I could hardly get out of bed. I mean, if you have ever made one of those big, long, uh, eleven-hour time change type trips, and then you arrive in the middle of uh, the polar night where the sun doesn't come up at all, you just don't want to even get out of bed hardly. I mean, it's really dark here. It's really dark here. And uh, uh, in the city, of course, the lights of the city, Christmas lights are everywhere and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's dark and, and that's somewhat oppressive. But, you know, in the midst of that darkness, uh, you you get this, this aloneness with God where he just begins to speak to you. And just pretty much the, the first night that we were here, the Lord just there were many things I've been meditating on and thinking on over the past couple of months. And. The Lord just came to me basically in a dream, so I don't know, it wasn't even a dream, just came to me and then I began to speak these things to me that I'm sharing with you right now. And he spoke this to me, that if 2022 was a year where you believed something at the beginning and the exact opposite was at the end, then 2023 is a year where you don't believe it at the beginning, but it's going to be true at the end. And if 2022 was about the shaking and the smiting of the capitals, 2023 is about the blessing of the remnant, about the blessing of the remnant. While the smiting of the capitals continues and things continue to crumble around us. Uh, Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that's going to stop because it's not. Genesis chapter 17 verse 16. Genesis 17, verse 16. It says, And I will bless her, and indeed I will give you a son by her. This is God's promise to Abraham concerning the birth of Isaac and what he's speaking about Sarah. I will bless her, and indeed I will give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. And then in... uh, uh, Verse 21 of chapter 17, it says, But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this season next year. It's a promise that God gives to Abraham, but the promise has to work within the normal, natural (laughs) order that God's established on the earth. Okay? That's actually a pretty important word. The promise is given today, But something has to happen here, Abraham. First of all, Abraham, you have to embrace Sarah again because you're both old and you've kind of forgotten about her. And she's your pal, she's your life partner, but the romance is gone. But you've got to embrace her again based on my word. Go back to Sarah because I want to do a work. I want to make her pregnant by you, okay? And then that's going to take nine and a half months for that baby to be born. And so God says, this is going to take a year before it happens. But a year from now, I will come back and I will show you that what's unbelievable at the beginning of the year will be incontrovertible at the end of this year. You will have a son by Sarah and his name will be Isaac and I will establish my covenant with Isaac. So Genesis chapter 17, I'm not going to read all these verses, but I would encourage you to read them. If you look at verses 1 through 15. 1 through 15 okay the first part of genesis chapter 17. we read about the covenant that god makes with abraham we read about the name change and we read about the circumcision the covenant the name change the circumcision I could spend hours uh, going over all this stuff with you, but I'm just gonna put it out there the way the Lord gave it to me. It's going you, you need to study it, you need to meditate on it. The covenant, the name change, and the circumcision. So God makes a covenant with Abraham, okay? And he gets a name change. Before this covenant, his name is Abram, which means the exalted father. And in the covenant, he gets a new name, Abraham. One letter is added in Hebrew. And the addition of that one letter changes his name from exalted father to father of many nations. And then his wife, Sarah, her name before the covenant is Sarai. After the covenant, her name is Sarah. There's not even a letter change there. There's just an accent change. Basically, a little letter change, just a little tiny change. But the name Sarai means my princess, my princess. The name Sarah means the princess and implied the princess of nations, that kings will come out of her. And of course, our king of kings, Jesus, is born through Isaac. So there's a big difference here. But the difference isn't, and this is really important, the difference isn't that there's a new vision, okay? God's not going to give us a new vision in 2023. In fact, he's going to return us back to some old things that he's promised us, but they've just become absolutely unbelievable for us. That's just impossible in the current world situation with what's happened at my age. How's that ever going to happen to me now? It's not a new vision. It's an expansion of the scope of the vision. You see, Abram has seen himself as an exalted father. Well, to him, that means only Ishmael, because that's the only son he has. And it means Lot, because that's his nephew. And he basically adopted him as a son. But God expands his vision, the scope of that vision. To see that no, I'm actually that I am not I didn't make that promise to you as uh, just some sort of a metaphor about Lot and Ishmael. It actually is about Sarah, and she actually will birth, give birth to a son that will actually be born to you. It's my promise to you is still in force, even though it seems like it's impossible. So is, is, his 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 vision is expanded. You know before this she's sarai my princess now she's a princess who belongs to the whole world she's a princess of nations so not a new vision but an expansion of the scope of our vision so that we have so that our vision that's so small so compact so tiny and keeps getting tinier and tinier year after year because it keeps uh, the circumstances around us keep making it look like this is never going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And so we compromise with the vision. So we say, well, I guess it didn't really mean that. It must have meant Ishmael. It must have meant Lot, you know, or that's good enough for me. You know, at my age, I just take what I can get. I've said that in my life about promises God's made to me about my own family. I repent of that. God, forgive me for saying, well, I'll just take what I can get. Well, if that's the best I can get, then I'll just be happy with it. And we disagree with that. And God's challenging us today at the beginning of 2023. Stop agreeing with that. I made a promise to you and I'm going to expand the scope of your vision. A name change, a covenant, a name change, a circumcision. We've been born again. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. We're baptized in the Holy Spirit, baptized in the water of repentance, baptized by Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We've been given the gifts of the Spirit. We've been anointed by the power of God. We've been sent forth with a great commission to complete. We are His church built upon this rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against us john chapter 1 verse 12 says but as many as received him jesus to them he gave the right to become or to be the children of god the word right is the greek word exousia it means a right a power an authority a privilege a freedom it's the greatest authority that any person could have. And we have that authority from God. We have that right from God to be the children of God, even to those who believe in his name who were born, not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And that is us. You did not come into this world by accident. You were not born into this world by the will of flesh, nor by the will of man. You know, When your mommy and daddy got together, they didn't even know uh, that you, that they were going to get pregnant with you. They didn't even know when they did who you were going to be, what you were going to look like, or anything about you. You were not brought into this world by accident. You were brought into this world by the will of God. And he has given you a right, a power, an authority, a privilege, a freedom to be the child of God. And he wants to expand the scope of our vision. And that's what he's doing with Abraham here in chapter 17, verses 1 through 15. Now, that sounds really cool, doesn't it? But let's look at Abraham's reaction to this. Because I promise you, if you're listening to God right now, you know, we become so jaded, (laughs) so disappointed by things, that all we can do is just snicker at the things God tells us, laugh about them. This just impossible, God. That is not going to happen. I don't care what Pastor Kevin's saying. I don't care what we're reading in the Bible. I mean, I'm sitting here, Pastor Kevin, telling you that I'm saying to God, in my flesh, there's no way that this is going to happen. But God's saying, no, I'm going to bless you. All I need from you is just enough faith to say, okay, do what you want to do, and I'm going to do it. Okay, so look at uh, Genesis chapter 17, verse 17. So God tells him all this stuff, right? Everything I've just been talking to you about. And verse 17, it says, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. Abraham laughs. He just laughs out loud. And he says in his heart, Will a child be born to a man 100 years old? You know why he says it in his heart? Because he's laughing so hard he can't even say it with his voice. I mean, this is a comedy. (laughs) can a child be born to a man 100 years old? What's the matter with you, God? Are you nuts? And will Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? By the way, let me tell you something. After Sarah died, until Abraham was 120 years old, he kept having kids. He got another wife and had more kids. So, I mean, God really changed them physiologically in their bodies, Right? God made it possible for them to embrace the promise he was giving to them. Why does that seem so impossible to us today? I want to tell you, 2023, if you'll believe this word, believe this from God. The thing that seems impossible to you today, go ahead and laugh about it. Let it be impossible to you. But a year from now, it will be incontrovertible what God is doing to bless you. And Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael, might live before thee. But God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac, which means laughter. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him. And he goes on, and Ishmael is blessed to this day. All the Arab nations are blessed to this day. Look at Saudi Arabia. They just made this really hot deal with China that America's getting kicked out on. The, the, the Arabs are blessed to this day. So God says, yeah, I'll listen to you on that, Abraham. This is an interesting point, something I want to bring out to you, okay? Because twice in this story, twice over this year, Abraham's going to do this. And you might be doing this today, and it's okay. But Abraham is going to intercede. He intercedes for the blessing on the child of his flesh. Because that's what he's used to. That's what he's lived with now for 13 years. He's agreed to this. It's good enough, God. I don't need an Isaac. Please listen. Listen to the Holy Spirit speaking to you in your life. I don't need an Isaac. I've got an Ishmael. He's a good boy. Sarah's Sarai. You want to call her Sarah? Okay, call her Sarah. But she's okay with him now. You know, everything's cool. I don't need an Isaac. I've still got old Lot living down there in Sodom. Everything's good in Sodom with Lot. And God's like, Really? <laughs> you have no idea what's getting ready to go down in Sodom. You think everything's cool. You think Sarah's okay with uh, old Ishmael there, don't you? You have no idea, Abraham, because you don't have the 2020 vision and you're praying. About something that's not really according to my will. So he intercedes for the blessing on the child of his flesh. Uh, But it's understandable. Because what God is promising him is too impossible to believe. It's so impossible, it's just laughable. And he laughs out loud about it. But God listens to Abraham because Abraham's his friend. And I want you to know you're the friend of God. God loves you. You're the child of God. He's going to listen to you. God still listens to him. He promises to bless Abraham's desire. He promises, yes, I will bless Ishmael. And he did bless Ishmael. And he blesses Ishmael to this day because of the prayer of Abraham. But God said, your prayers aren't going to change my covenant. My wall has a plumb line. And that's not going to change no matter how you pray. And my covenant blessing will only follow the promise of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 4, verse 29. Let me turn over there real quickly. Galatians 4, 29. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 29 in the allegory concerning Hagar and Sarah, concerning Ishmael and Isaac. Galatians chapter 4, verse 29, you can read the whole context there. It says, but as at that time, he who was born according to the flesh, Ishmael, persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, Isaac. So it is now also, but what does the scripture say cast out the bondwoman, Hagar, and her son, Ishmael, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be an heir with the son of the free woman. And so the Lord today is signifying this struggle between what's grown up after the flesh and what is now being birthed by the Spirit. And this may seem laughable to us today, but 2023, is a year where we will experience this struggle between what's grown up after the flesh and what we are accustomed to and what we've wanted God to bless and (laughs) what he's saying, sorry, we're going back, uh, way back. I never changed to the original promise I made. And we're gonna follow this through to the end because you are destined for greatness. You're not destined for mediocrity. And I'm going to take you up to the next level. And what's born of the flesh is going to persecute that thing that's being birthed by the Spirit. So you need to make a decision now. Laugh or not laugh. But prepare to depart from the thing birthed after the flesh in order to embrace what God is giving according to the Spirit. It's not something new, really. It's what was promised all along. If you can only remember that. Long before the birth of Ishmael, God promised you what would be born by the Spirit, Isaac. So cast out the bondwoman and her son. Or as Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, which is the Aramaic word for wealth, for money you cannot serve both the flesh and the spirit so this is a year filled with events god makes a promise to abraham and again this is a parallel for what god's speaking to me for us for 2023 and i want you to see this parallel in scripture he makes a promise to abraham at the beginning of the year it's unbelievable abraham can only laugh about it but it will be incontrovertible at the end Of the year yet that year will be a year of great events on many different fronts uh go with me to chapter 18 of genesis chapter 18 if we look at verses 1 through 15 and honestly um i don't think i have the time to read verses 1 through 15 because uh, I can't keep this going for two hours can I <laughs> so I'm going to ask you please to read verses 1 through 15 but you you'll see here in verses 1 through 15 that that the Lord comes to Abraham to confirm this promise so the Lord makes this promise to him and then he comes to confirm this promise and it says in verse 1 that the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day Now, they didn't have air conditioning back then, right? And in the heat of the day, people just didn't go out and work. And you know what that feels like in Yarrington, Nevada. You just don't go out there in the heat of the day, right? And so in the heat of the day, in the height of summer, uh, Abraham's sitting in the shade at the door of his tent. And that's when the Lord comes to him. We're going to feel the heat of the day in 2023. The capitals have been struck. And the thresholds will continue to shake. And it's going to be very important for us just to sit in the shade of God's hand. Sit in the cool of his presence. Receive his message, his messengers. Receive the word he comes to bring to us. And God brings this word to confirm it to him. And Abraham's no longer laughing about it now. He actually believes it. I don't know if, what he's been doing about that with Sarah, but he actually believes it. Stirring up a little romance there at 100 years of age. It's just the Bible story. <laughs> he believes it. But God has a special plan. The messenger who's really, uh, I believe, and most scholars believe, and the, the whole text indicates to us that it's the Lord himself, uh, that the angel of the Lord that comes, there are three angels and. Perhaps that's Gabriel Michael with him, I don't know, but the Lord Jesus himself comes as an angel to Abraham. And he says to him, uh, where's your wife, Sarah? And he goes, oh, she's in the kitchen. And then he says out loud, this is all on purpose. He knows that Sarah can hear him in the tent kitchen there. He says out loud, he repeats the same promise and confirms it to Abraham, but he's actually confirming it to Sarah, who's on the inside. See, I don't think Abraham's even talked to Sarah about this. And she's not really sure about all these romantic advances. What's going on with the old man? I mean, I'm just trying to think of what it must have really been like. I don't think I would have gotten to talk to my wife about this. I mean, it's just crazy. So God comes and brings the confirmation to Sarah. And the Bible tells us that she does the same thing Abraham does. She laughs, only she doesn't laugh out loud because she's scared. I mean, she knows that that's the Lord out there. She laughs on the inside of herself. And when she's confronted about it, she says, Oh, I didn't laugh. And the Lord says to her, Nay, but thou didst laugh. No, but you did laugh. That could be the title of this entire uh, message here. And it says in verse 17, verse 17 of chapter 18, that the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed for I have chosen him in order that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice in order that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. You see, Abraham's obedience is a part of this blessing. And Abraham laughed, but he had enough faith to say, fine, if that's what you want to do, God, then do it. I don't know how it's going to be possible, but do it. And like as it was with Mary, when the angel Gabriel came to her, it was spoken to her that nothing is impossible for God, which literally in the Greek says no word is without power to come to pass when God has spoken it. And so the word is working in Abraham. It doesn't take a lot of faith, just a mustard seed faith, just to say yes to God. Okay, God, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. And this is going to happen step by step. He's going to have to throw Ishmael out and God will bless and protect Ishmael, but he's going to have to throw him out, remember? And then years are going to go by and he's going to have to bring Isaac himself up and offer him as a living sacrifice to God. So, I mean, this isn't going to end. This is going to be a pattern of life of having to say yes to God. In order for the blessing to continue, there's going to have to be this obedience. But God says, I know that he's going to obey me. He's going to command his children after him. This is the Great Commission. You know, the Great Commission isn't just go get people to um, pray a prayer of repentance. It's to teach them all the things that I have commanded you, to make them my disciples, Jesus said. and He says, I know that this is a man who will fulfill the Great Commission and I can put this blessing on him. I can give him this exousia, this authority, this right, this freedom to be and to become the child of God and to walk in that authority on this earth. And so I surely know he will become a great and mighty nation. I surely know I will do something great and mighty through my people, through my remnant. And there's a big beginning of that in 2023 for us to say, yes, Lord. And God says, I'm not going to hide anything from my people. I'm not going to hide anything from Abraham. You know, over there in Amos, if we had read on, and if you'll go back and read that, what we were reading uh, there in chapter 6, it goes on to say that the Lord God will do nothing without revealing that to his servants, the prophets, first. God says, I'm not going to hide this from from Abraham. And God has not hidden this from us. God says to him, I'm going to smite the capitals. Sodom is going to burn. It's going to come down. Sodom is coming down and here's the big secret that god's going to share with with abraham and this is really important for you to hear the big secret is this you abraham privately and personally <laughs> for the great plan of salvation that i am working in this world will have such joy at the end of this year everything that's unbelievable today will be incontrovertible then I'm going to fill your house with joy. I'm going to give you a baby with Sarah, 100 years old, and you're going to have the strength of a 20-something-year-old to raise this child. You're going to take this kid hunting. You're going to play baseball with him, whatever it is you're going to do. You're going to be a daddy again. And maybe more importantly, Sarah is finally going to be a mommy, and I'm going to bless your family. But I will bless your family at the same time that I am bringing judgment on the world around you. As Sodom burns and the kingdoms crumble, your family will be blessed. I will establish my kingdom. But you're going to see this happening around you at the same time. And it goes on. This whole thing is about the destruction of Sodom. You can read this in chapter 18. And what does Abraham do? He intercedes again, and not exactly according to the plan of God, just to be honest. In chapter 18, verse 23, it says, look at that, chapter 18, verse 23, it says, Abraham, so verse 22, it says, the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom while Abraham was still standing before God. So, look, before I get into this intercession, look at verse 21. It says in verse 21, I will go down now and see if they have done entirely according to the outcry, according to the outcry of the city of Sodom, which has come to me. And if not, I will know. So, um, look at chapter 19, verse 13. We'll get right back to this. But look at chapter 19, verse 13. It says, for we are about to do... You need to read all these chapters to get this... All, I just... I'm already up to almost an hour right now. We've got to finish this. (laughs) You've got to read this, though. You've got to meditate on this. Chapter 19, verse 13. For we are about to destroy this place because their outcry has become so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So there's an outcry of Sodom. But the cry is not, this is very important, the cry is not just of the city of Sodom. The cry is of all the cities and nations around against Sodom. Okay? We don't like to hear this. We don't want to hear this. But there is an empire of lies. And I'm being very honest with you. It's enough just to get on a plane and go across the border to another country. To hear the outcries against uh, our nation today. To hear the outcries against the system of Sodom. Against the system of Babylon. People are enriched by Babylon. Read the book of Revelation about the horror of Babylon. But they hate Babylon at the same time. And there's an outcry rising up to God. And you, you know what was going on in Sodom. You've read the story. Read it again. I mean, there's no doubt that we live in Sodom and Gomorrah today. And there's an outcry against that. And God hears that cry. And he says, I'm going to give him a chance. I believe God has been giving us a chance. over. The, I mean... He's been testing us. giving. I mean, COVID, was that not an opportunity to repent before God? And yet, did we? No, not as a nation. But God said, all I need is for my people to humble themselves and to pray and to seek my face. He's calling the remnant to humble ourselves and pray and seek his face. If there's any chance for any kind of revival still in America today, It would only come if we would humble ourselves and seek his face. I don't have any predictions on that front. But I know what God's doing with Sodom. I know that the capitals have been struck and the thresholds will continue to shake. I don't know how long it'll take. I don't know the shape of the world, the coming of the Antichrist and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I've got a lot of theories. But one thing I know is Jesus is coming back and we want to be on his side. (laughs) We want to be those five wise virgins who have enough oil to make it through to the end of the night. And we don't want to build our house on the sand that this world is built on. So spoken to him, there's a cry. And, And the angel says to Lot that I cannot do anything. That's chapter 19, verse 22. Until you get out of the city of Sodom and get to the place you're supposed to go. And you know, things don't really go that great for Lot, but he is saved. And he's even mentioned in the New Testament as an example of great patience. God still listens to Abraham and he saves Lot. But if I could have my choice, and I believe we do have our choice here at the beginning of 2023, I would rather get out of Sodom now and get over to the tents of Abraham. I don't want to be saved as if by fire. I don't want to lose my wife and my kids and my family. I don't want my offspring to be Moab and Ammon, the enemies of God's people. And I saved my own skin, but everybody else got lost. I want to be like Abraham. I want to see the salvation of my family, my home. Get out of Sodom then, get out of Babylon then because it's coming down. So Abraham prays. Just hold on with me, we're almost done. Abraham prays, chapter 18, verse 23. Abraham comes near and says, "Wilt thou indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? And I think you know the story. Uh, He says, suppose there are 50 righteous within the city, and God says, okay, for the sake of 50, I'll spare the city. And God knows there's not 50 there. Abraham knows that. What's Abraham doing? He's bargaining with God. It's okay. Bargain with God, but God's going to win in the end anyway. But go ahead and bargain with him. It's cool, but he'll win. And so Abraham gets him all the way down to 10. He says, if there's 10 righteous people, and I've done this sermon before, if you count up the family of Lot, there are 10 people in Lot's family. What's Abraham really praying about? He's not praying about the city of Sodom. Honestly, Abraham's a really man of faith and he doesn't really care about the city of Sodom. You can read this in chapter 14. He did not get involved. Read chapter 14 also. Seriously, you got a lot of homework. Read chapter 14 of Genesis. Abraham did not get involved in the war that involved Sodom. He wasn't involved in the big war thing going on. But once Lot got swept up in that war, He cared about it because he cared about Lot. He cared about his family because he cared about the promise that God had given him, that, I will lead you to a land of promise and I will establish you and I will cause nations to come out of you. And he saw Lot as his son, so he cared about Lot, so he got involved in that war and he won. He went out by himself with his servants. And he took Lot back, and he won great spoil. And if you'll read chapter 14, the king of Sodom comes out to meet Lot, uh, to meet Abraham, at the same time that the king of Salem comes out, Melchizedek. And Melchizedek blesses Abraham with bread and with wine. We're going to be doing the book of Hebrews in 2023. I believe that the Lord's leading me to go through that. And it's an amazing book. Amazing story how Melchizedek blesses him. And then and then Abraham gives tithes to Melchizedek. But at the same exact time, if you'll read it carefully, the king of Sodom comes out to him also. And the king of Sodom says, I want to bless you. Same thing the king of Salem's saying. But Abraham utterly rejects the gifts of the king of Sodom. He says, I don't want anything from you. Because nobody's going to say that Sodom made me rich. I turn my nose up at you. (laughs) I reject you completely. Abraham doesn't care a thing about Sodom. He cares about Lot. And that's what he's praying about. But God's already told him the blessing will not be through Lot. So God listens to him. He gets him way down to 10. And God says, fine, if there's 10, then I'll spare the city of Sodom. But Abraham doesn't understand that Lot's done a really poor job of raising his family in Sodom. Even Lot's wife is not a believer. And so, alas, the city of Sodom is utterly lost. Abraham is holding out for revival, but the revival doesn't come. Not in the way that he wants it to come. His prayers are good, and God listens to him. but there's a difference between good and what God is really doing. God listens to him politely, but God knows that what Abraham's asking is not going to happen because there are not ten righteous people there. God's doing something new. He's birthing Isaac. And then we come to Genesis chapter 20 another homework assignment for you. The same year, all this, all these events happen in the same year. In Genesis chapter 20, we have this whole story of Abraham with Abimelech, who's the king of the Philistines. and Abraham's so afraid for his life that he says that Sarah, who's so beautiful, I mean imagine she's nine years old and she's so hot that the king of Abimelech the King of Abimelech wants her, and Abraham's afraid that he's going to get killed for the sake of Sarah. So he says, she's my sister, not my wife. Now, she is his sister, actually. Read the story. It's kind of weird, but the Old Testament. And, uh, uh, but he kind of fudges on the truth there a little bit, doesn't he? Well, he lies, basically, <laughs> to protect himself. I mean, this is not some great faith. It's just enough faith, mustard seed. To say, okay, God, do what you're doing. And get, and get this, Sarah is pregnant at this time. And Abraham turns her over to Abimelech because he says, read it in chapter 20, verse 11, he thinks that nobody fears God here. He says, nobody fears God amongst the Philistines. I alone fear God. But as it turns out at the end of the story, actually, Abimelech feared God more than Abraham because God threatened to punish Abimelech. And made every woman in his harem uh, 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 unable to give birth to children and threatened to kill Abimelech. And Abimelech got rid of Sarah faster than you could say, get rid of Sarah. He didn't want Sarah around anymore. He said, what have you done to me, Abraham? Why did you tell me she's your sister when God told me she's your wife? So it turned out that there was a fear of God amongst Abimelech, amongst the Philistines. Um, I'm going to throw this in as a bonus, 2023. I believe that if we'll look for it, we're going to find a fear of God amongst some quarters where we never thought there was a fear of God, but it turns out there actually was. In kings of the Philistines, amongst Muslims, amongst other people. Uh, Let's just say amongst Philistines. I don't want to designate who these are. It's just what the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me. If we we'll look for it amongst Philistines, we will find a fear of God that rivals and is even maybe greater than the fear of God in the church. And it will be a challenge to make us jealous. And so God establishes Abraham's authority in chapter 20, verse 17, amongst the Philistines. And the gospel is preached to the Philistines. And the covenant is preached to the Philistines through Abraham. And God establishes Abraham and gives him the authority to pray for Abimelech so the deliverance and salvation would come. And then and I'm going to end with this. I know it's been a long message, but it's just really important to get this all out in one. Okay, look with me in chapter 21. Chapter 21 in verse 18. A long, but a good message. <laughs> chapter 21 and verse 18. I, I'm sorry, chapter 21 and verse 1. So we come to the end of that year, the end of our 2023, and it says, The Lord took note of Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. So Sarah conceived, that obviously was somewhere towards the beginning of the year, right? And bore a son, that's the end of the year. All these events, very eventful year, all these things happened during that year conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the appointed time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him, and Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. She's still laughing, but this is a different laughter. It's a laughter of joy. Everything that seemed impossible is now incontrovertible. God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. And then if you'll read on, please read on. That's when she says, now get rid of Ishmael. Hey, no way my Isaac is growing up with that Ishmael. No way that the child of the promise, the child of the spirit is going to grow up with the child of the flesh. You cannot serve God and mammon. I'm going to end with one place that I've re- turned to quite often over this last year. And it's Psalm 2. Why are the nations in an uproar? and the peoples devise in a vain thing. The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. <laughs> the Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury. But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, Thou art my son. Today I have begotten thee. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as thine inheritance and the very ends of the earth as thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt shatter them like earthenware. Now, therefore, O kings, show discernment, wisen up, take warning." O judges of the earth, worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage or kiss, literally, the son, lest he become angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Last word, follow the laughter of God. Sarah said, everyone who hears me laugh will laugh with me. God is saying, do you hear him laughing in the heavens? Do you see that he is making the nations to be his footstool, that he is executing his plan and his will, do you see the Lord standing today? Then follow his laughter, laugh together with him, embrace the joy that he wants to give you, the promised child that he's bringing from long ago promise, bringing to fruition in our lives the blessing of the Holy Spirit. For there is a remnant, and we want to be in the company of that remnant, who take refuge in Him. And how blessed are all those who take refuge in Him. Happy New Year. May the Lord bless you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. Before you leave, we want to remind you that if you want to continue receiving updates on new sermons, that you subscribe to our podcast. If you want more information on how to contact us, make sure to check out our website at And we'll see you next time on the YBF podcast.